Really excited about this week's podcast. On is Joe Williams. He's been a friend of the family of body science for many years, probably starting from your South Sydney Rabbitohs days, mate. Yeah, back in 2006, 2007. Yeah, not throw too much age out there. We're, we're here to talk about what Joe's up to, what he's been doing, what, what he's all about, because, mate, you are someone that I love watching on Instagram, and let's talk about that. It's important to obviously recognise and acknowledge that, that you know, we've been we've been associated with each other for a number of years, obviously through, through the brand and sponsorship of the sports teams and so forth like that, but it's, but it's, but it's only been the last probably 18 months, two years, it was we've got a little bit closer and, and starting to dive down into conversations that the important stuff you know like and mate I've asked you, know, you some questions where I've said after I've asked I thought yeah, I just sound like a, a, an uneducated idiot I'm probably going to do it again on this one here I, I say to people all the time and you know when I'm when I'm delivering to, to corporates or, or, or different different organisations they say is there anything off the line as far as what shouldn't we talk about I was like no they're the things you need to talk about because if people sit on it and don't know then they're going to sit on it and not know after this conversation as well. So it doesn't matter for me because I'm, I guess I'm articulate enough to be able to uh, maneuver my way through tricky, tr- tricky questions. And I'm also like smart and can be a smart ass. So I can put you on the spot if, or people on the spot if they, if they're being disrespectful, you know? So um, it's all learning. It's all learning for me. And that's what I think is most important. Well, this should be a good podcast. Let's rip in. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy. And with me is two very interesting people. One is Joe Williams, who I first met, like I just said, at um, South Sydney. and But I've spent a lot of time talking to Joe about life. We hook up probably once every week and a half and stuff and have a chat about things. And i and, and, and I got to be honest, I've learned so much from you, mate, in relation to what leadership is. I, I really do. You're very humble in that place. and But I'm a massive, massive respect for what you're doing there. And Tatiana's next to me. She's our in-house nutritionist. She's got her head down in this place because she's a fan of Joe. And what people don't know is Tatiana runs off all the time and does a lot of nutritional work out in community. And is that the right word to use here right now in community? I work with um, remote communities in um, Central Australia mainly and Top End as well. So I thought it'd be nice for Tatiana to sit on this too because um, between Joe and Tatiana, there might be some great things that we actually learn. So, mate, let's rip in. You are an ex-NRL player. That's how we met. You probably want to talk about your own bio, not me. So I'm going to step back a little bit here and let you... I mean, I used to love watching you play footy. Like, I loved you in in, in that role, but... There's a lot more to you in your sporting career than your time at South when I when I met you. And do you want to just lead us into who and what you are? What I say to people now, and, and people obviously, obviously, uh, it's a it's a it's a conversation starter with with a lot of people and a lot of connections that I've had over a number of years. But I played sport to pay the bills for a lot of years. What I'm doing now is without doubt my purpose in life. Yep. Firstly, I thought it was about football, and that's all I wanted to be as a as a kid. And then I thought it was about boxing and and just sport in general, you know. And I think, as I said, you know, like close to 15 years in the the realm of professional sport uh, you meet a lot of good people you meet, you come across uh, you also come across a lot of a lot of sharks in the space but you know I, as I said sport sport was a ticket to what I do now um, it's given me a good platform to be able to do what I do now which is the most important work so I was lucky to lucky to play in the NRL and I was I was in the NRL system uh, I signed my first contract what 
a guy called Arthur Beetson. And yes, <laughs> you know Arthur Beetson, yep. you know, big arty. Um, signed me as a 13-year-old kid. Just a, just a young Aboriginal boy that, that just had dreams in his eyes to be a rugby league player. And that's all I wanted to do because my dad played in the old Winfield Cup. Um, so all I wanted to be was that. And like my big brother. Um, my brother uh, unfortunately broke his neck at 18. But, you know, when, when dad talks about the conversations, well, people ask dad who was better at it, Joe and Michael, my bi- you know, my big brother. And dad's like, don't embarrass Michael by mentioning him in the same sentence because I wouldn't have done my, my big brother's left boot up. You know, he was he was an incredible player um, and he was everything that I wanted to be like. So for me, I was lucky that I had some good supportive parents to, to always be in the, you know, the, the life of sport. You know, the sport is, a, is an out for so many young people. Sport's a, a great, great career and uh, if you're lucky enough to go down and do it, but not, not everyone's lucky enough to go down and do it. But just sport and movement in general is just a, it's a great out for, for a lot of kids and a lot of First Nation kids right across our country are just super gifted in in athletically and in, in how we are and I was actually later after my rugby league career I was, I was I was boxing and I was I was hitting the floor to ceiling ball and if you ever hit a floor to ceiling ball it's the ones that bounce back and forwards and all over the place and they're hard to hit and things like that and I was I was sort of getting a bit cocky and a bit cheeky and uh, Johnny Lewis who I was training with at the time he walked past me and he said don't get too cheeky son he goes that's not your ability that comes from your old man um, <laughs> so and, and and he's dead right you know we're lucky to lucky lucky to be to be gifted in men- in many, many areas, uh, sporting-wise and athletically. Um, and I always have a challenge with, with, with a lot of people who say that he's just naturally gifted, that kid. He, you know, he's got natural sporting ability. But a lot of people don't see that the hours that, that, that young First Nation kids put in, kicking the footy and, and, and the skills that they have. And you, know, you don't just wake up, you know, we, we're, we're born with some great athletic genes, but, but um, you don't just wake up and these girls come, you know. Kids are out there. And Saturday would know it, being out in the centre with, with a lot of... Of, uh, communities and their, you know, their footballing abilities out there. Just incredible athletes um, wherever you go right across the country. Yeah, I, you know, I love this face. So, so yeah, <laughs> I actually think I'm like continuing to train just because it's something that gives me a way to talk to young people in communities. They know I train hard. They see me training in the morning and they know it, it's a great way to talk to young people, but they're extremely talented out there. And I, I talk to Greg a lot about it because I'm starting an Indigenous sports academy me and the whole idea is to get the kids out of trouble and move because usually the most talented kids are usually the ones that get in trouble the most because they have so much energy they're so talented they're a lot smarter and they they just get bored so it's sport is I, I always say that here as well sport saved me in many many ways and still does I think it keeps me sane <laughs> so <laughs> I think yeah sports is like it's a great way not just in communities here in Australia but all over the world to to get the kids and the youth going the right way. Well, when you look at Joe's sporting career, and I've got it in front of me here, you know, you played for South Sydney, Penrith, Panthers, the Doggies, and then you went on to get two WBF World Junior World Weight Championships and a WBC Asia Continental title. You didn't muck around. Like, you, you, there's not <laughs> many of us out there that can put our hand up and go, hey, can I have a career that looks like that? That's pretty awesome, mate. But you, your uh, your real passion is is the mental health field. Am I, am I correct in saying it? Just helping people to be the best version of themselves. Yep. You know, where, when you look at when you look at community, you look at, you look at people in general we're all born from a place of love and when we come into the world it's the, the happiest place and happiest thing that we ever see but challenges throughout our lives um through different and, and i understand as well that it's extremely complex um, what these challenges are and, and how they arise but you know we're, we're born out of love 
as young people um, or, or, or young people are born into a place of love and then, you know, there's challenges throughout their lives that they have um, that turn us into the adults that we are today. You know, there's, there's loads and loads and loads of research around the fact that uh, developmentally and, and, and the challenges that we have with the adverse experiences in the early years of our life impact our life and our behaviours as adults. So all of us, every single one of us, have these different behaviour traits that, are, that that started in the very early years of our lives because of different contacts that we've had throughout our lives. So what I do is, is help people to understand what that is, why it is, and you know how to iron it out and, 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 and choose better behaviours. Because once we're consciously aware of the different challenges that we have and the different behaviors that we have uh that's when we can start to make adjustments in our life and what's your platform that you're doing that on like how are you getting that message out and doing that oh, i do i do a lot of stuff in schools obviously the last couple of years has been a challenge because of pandemic and and the lockouts and lockdowns with 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 all of that type of work but a lot of the work that i do is, is taking kids back on the country and 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 just helping them sit in a, in a quiet space because for thousands and thousands of years our people sat on country and and we didn't live with the, with, the, with the noise that we have yeah. in today's society. Um, and, and I don't know if you, Tatiana, know with the work that she does in, in community is that it, it, it's a different type of quiet, right? When, you, when you're sitting out in the, in the middle of the bush and just a real beautiful and relaxing space, and you can understand thousands of years why there was zero suicides in in. First Nation communities, and, I, and that's an important point, right? Like, yep. like we're amongst the highest suicide rates in the world now, and yet for thousands of years there was zero suicide. And and I get I get people and researchers always say to me, how, "Well, how do you know that, Joe? You you weren't around then. How do you know that? Like these behaviours don't just happen overnight." And I'm like, we're in over 500 separate nation groups and two and a half thousand different dialects of language. There's no word with the meaning of suicide or to end your own life by your own hands. So. Okay. If there's, if there's no if there's no word in two and a half thousand different dialects of language, there's no word to describe what it was or what it is, and it tells you it wasn't there. So how have we gone from the from the people that, that, that lived in communities with each other for thousands and thousands of years to a place now where we're dying more than anyone in the world by our own hands and walking around in communities challenged mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It's, it, it's got to be, you know, the different challenges in how we live and, and what we do and how we do it and learning to walk in two worlds. You know, it's, 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 it's no, the, the modern world is challenging for all people, let alone, let alone people who, uh, there's some communities that I've been to that were only, that only ever saw the first non-Indigenous person in, I think it was the 60s, you know, so there's, so there's people who, if that's the 60s, we're only in, in 2022 now. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's people who are 60 and 70 year old. There's people who are still alive when the first non-Indigenous person come into their community after going for thousands and thousands of years of living a certain way of life to now living a completely different way of life. I reckon it has caused some challenges in anyone's, in anyone's realm, for sure. And, mate, is this what, is this what you're, like, you're an adjunct associate professor at the School of Psychology at the University of Queensland. Is this where you're helping to educate in this space? Is, is this what you're talking about in that? It's helping, it's helping people to understand, right? Yep. Understand why things are the way things are in our, in, in our community. And, 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 and like the chats that you and I have, Greg, you know, like, like you might, you might, might make a comment or, or you might you might uh, ask a question, and it's my it's, I guess it's my I, I won't say it's my role, but it's my responsibility and obligation as a man who can articulate in two worlds and understand two worlds um, to help 
you to understand what's better. And and again, like I completely understand that, the, that there's a hell of a lot of people in community that are tired of being nice and tired of educating people. I get that. Yeah. I understand that um, because it's a long and it's a draining process. But, you know, for me, I, I do my best to try and just help people to understand the best way that they can uh, about our mob, about our people, about the why we are the way we are. And, you know, help people to understand why they are the way they are because of the world we live in too. Yeah. One of the things that's really stuck with me is, and um, I hope you can recall this conversation, is you were talking about the police approaching you to learn how to integrate with what you do traditionally, like taking, because you don't only take the boys back, you take the dads back and do the same thing with them as well into your program that you do. But you're talking about the police coming to you and saying, that's really great. How do we do that? And you explained to me why that was not a good idea. Do you recall that conversation that we had? I, I, I don't recall directly the conversation that we had, but I, but I recall the different times that, that, that I've had conversations with people about, you know, people trying to partner partner with me to do different things. And, and you've got to understand that there are challenging challenging relationships in and within our community because of historically what's happened and historically the way we've been treated as, as the First Nation people in this country. And that even even me, I, get, I will get treated differently to a person of even darker skin than me or a person that raised a little bit differently to me or lives in a different location than me. Um, and because I can sit here and have, again, uh, an articulate conversation yeah. where a lot of my brothers and sisters, aunties and uncles, uh, community, uh, don't have the education that I have and then and, and aren't able to do that. So the, the challenge with when I had when I had the, the, the police approach me and I haven't I haven't actually I've only told a few people this. The police because it's important, right? The police said to me, How can we partner with you to do some of the amazing work that you do mm. to build a bridge and to have conversations and repair repair relationships in our communities? And I said, I want to educate kids to not have to go to you. That's so powerful. I want to educate I want I want to educate kids and work with kids around behaviors so we don't have interaction with you. Like you gotta you gotta understand historically the relationship between police and our people hasn't been great. Yeah. Right? And 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 we know about, you know, deaths in custodies and, and and you know, real challenging and confronting uh traumatic history that we have because of the relationship that we have with the police. The police system is set up um, from the original invasion system, right? And so I, I, like, I, I don't want my kids to have to have good relationships. To, to, I, don't, I don't want my kids or, or, or young young Aboriginal kids to, to have to repair relationships. Yeah, that's important. I right? want them to, to be young leaders so they don't, they don't have to, to have these, these challenging conversations with, with police when they're just trying to walk to the shop. No, I, I don't I was I was out boxing. I was out preparing for a title fight. Right, running at, running at ten thirty, eleven at night. Okay, and and for me, running at night was always better for me. Right, because there was there was the kids were in bed. There was there was nothing nothing on. There was you know no one no phone calls. I had to do anything like that. So I'd run I'd run at night. You know, ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. And the policeman pulled me up. The policeman pulled me up and said, "What are you running for, mate?" And I was like, "What do you, what do you mean? What am I running for?" I just, and 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 he goes, well, well, "Well, what are you running for?" And I was like, "I'm preparing for a title fight, mate." How about you look at look at you? How about you jump out and run? <laughs> you know, it didn't go down well, but <laughs> like it, it, it gives you like it, it gives you the shit that that there's a superior mindset with some people, yep. and it's not and it's not just uh, position people in positions of authority um, or, or people in positions of you know policing or anything. It's, it's people who think or believe that they're in positions of authority, which comes from 
a superior mindset, which when we look at it, first people who got off the boats believed that they were superior and they sold their kids that 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 and here we are today. Yeah, that's So that's why we have challenges with race in this country. Yep, that's a really fair point. And it's coming from that place as well of like how do we fix the relationships to fix issues but we don't want to have the issues in the first place. So, yeah, it's powerful what you said. And not to talk to on behalf of a community or anything like that. But, there's, you know, there's a really high profile case just recently where the elders sat down and said, we don't want any guns in our community. You know, we, we want to we get back to and resort back to our elders and our communities policing our community. Now, there's a, there's a big conversation around, um, you know, abolishment of, of, of prisons and juvenile detention centres because when people, when people get put or placed into these places, they come out worse. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not repairing or rebuilding the person. It's it's putting them in a place where they're coming out worse, building on more trauma, which is causing more bad behaviours, which is causing them to go back in there, which is causing you, me, and everyone's taxpayers' money to go up and up and up into these systems. Yeah. You know. So what what people are going to understand is that for thousands of years we worked very intricately with each other in certain rules that we had with each other, and we did our own policing in different ways, right? And so like it's 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 there's, there's 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 different things and different different ways to be able to do that, and it's probably podcast two point oh, three point oh, four point oh. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> that's a series in itself. It's, you it's should a do, challenging mate. and complex conversation, but yeah, it's a tough one. So, mate, that all started with us talking about your you founded the organisation, the Enemy Within, and that was back in. You've been doing this since two thousand fourteen, is that right? Two thousand fourteen, yeah, yeah. two thousand fourteen. I've been I've been working in communities around the Enemy Within, which the word the word mental health now is louder than ever, and I've I've gone through these challenges for, for, for many, many, many years of my life. And if we think that there's awareness that needs to be raised now and that there's stigma now around these different challenges, then have a think what it was like back in 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8 when I was playing in the NRL. Like, it, you just don't mention these things. Yeah. Right, so it's so it's that's why you know people say to me, well, why didn't you reach out and get help back then? Like, if we think there's a stigma about mental health now, think about what it was like 20 years ago. You know, you just don't, you just didn't speak about those sort of things. So it's about encouraging people, but also helping people to understand. Also, you know, going deeper into that, helping people to understand why they don't talk. Right, why 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 our kids don't talk about emotions. Yep. But we always sit back and go, oh, there's a stigma about mental health because we're ashamed of it, you know, because it's, you know, we don't want to talk about that sort of stuff or people think that, you know, we're weak and all of that sort of stuff. The reason we don't talk about mental health, the reason we don't talk about emotion is because we have silenced young people's emotions in our life from the day that they are born. That's a conversation that people don't want to have is because it's a direct reflection of who they are as parents. That's a fair because, because forever, right, we're saying to our kids, be quiet. Don't wake your father up. Don't wake your mother up. Don't make so much noise. A little baby comes and cries because they can't. They don't have the articulation to be able to express why they're what they're emotionally feeling. And mums and dads and, and and people who are who are in care of these young kids pick them up and say, "You're right. That didn't hurt." How, how do we know it didn't hurt? <laughs> you know, like like poor kids are just having a, a, like a. We always talk about the terrible twos, right? With and I'm speaking to a, a parent just recently about the terrible twos. Why, why do we call it the terrible twos when all it is is kids are just developmentally going through different experiences with their brain and they, are, they, they can't talk about it because they, they're not developmentally able to talk about it yet. Yeah, right? So then we always say, be quiet, shush, that didn't hurt, you're okay, don't be up, 
that. And then 13, 14, 15 years later, these kids have been told their whole life that their emotions don't matter. And then we wonder why our kids don't talk as teenagers and they're, and they're sneaking around trying to silence it with alcohol and drugs. It's a direct reflection of how we parent our kids. That's pretty powerful stuff, mate. You've been delivering this message to hundreds of communities across Australia. And, and Am I correct in saying that you self-fund this as well? I wouldn't say self-fund. What I do, yeah. I, I, I more or less work as a consultant as such. Yeah. You know, and... and as a, as a as a company, we're going through different different processes now to to, to be able to be put in a better better situation around that. Yep. Um, but but essentially, I acted as uh, someone who um, what's the word for um, uh, a consultant to community. Yep. Right. So they've got challenges with with different well beings. I had a I had a community I had a community ring me this morning and say, Hey, listen, it's Mental Health Month coming up. Um, can we get you out here? Right. So so that's that's how it was. That's how it was built um, to start with. That's how we've, you know, we've, we've, we've only been funded once, which was a tiny, 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 small amount of seed funding to do a, to do a three-month program that uh, saw amazing results with this young person and then they defunded it. Yeah. Um, and then the kid resorted exactly back to the same behaviours that they were doing before, you know. So they're departments who, are, who get millions and millions of dollars that, that um wouldn't wouldn't part with uh, a tiny amount of seed funding money for a three month program to then extend that program into into uh, a longer, uh, more sustainable healing for young people. Who's making um, these decisions, mate? Who's saying who can spend the money and do all that type of stuff? Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to be. Uh... It's the money gets filtered <laughs> down. It, it's horrible to watch. But you have funding that comes through um, with big organisations and um, government, and it gets filtered down. So you have a project plan. You have a project manager, and then it, it just gets filtered down. So Are when these it gets, indig- indigenous? Uh, yeah, funding. Oh, Fun- I know the funding's indigenous. Well, right? It happens making... everywhere, especially mental health let's as well. Let's go there. Yeah? Yeah. Let's go there. So right? it, it, when right. it gets to community, you don't have a lot left to actually get the work done. And because because the, the, the decisions get made in Canberra mm-hmm. uh, or, or wherever these decisions get made around big money. So just say we, we look at, you know, and, and I'm not absolutely fantastic with statistics, but I would suggest that a massive proportion of the money that funnels into the uh, the Aboriginal Affairs space uh, around around our health around our health statistics, all right, closing the gap and all those sort of things. Um, we're talking millions on top of millions of dollars that go to non-indigenous organisations to work with First Nation communities. So here's a, really? let me let me change that up. A little, let me change that up a little bit, Greg. Right? Yeah. Let me change that up a little bit. All right. You're having some issues with your kid, okay? Yep. And then I come in and say, what I'm going to do, I'm going to fund someone who knows nothing about your fight, right? who, who's never been connected to your community, and they're going to come in and tell you how to raise your kid. And come in and tell you what to do and what's best for your family. How do you reckon that'll get? Surely politicians are standing back and looking at that and going, that makes sense, what you're saying. Well, the closing the gap hasn't, hasn't worked in, in X amount of years, right? There, there, there is minimal, minimal, minimal movement in some of the targets, but a lot are going back. And a lot right? of that is because, what, sorry, you go. And if we look at what close the gap is, close the gap is about, is about uh, life expectancy, right? So me as as a First Nation person standing next to someone who's born on the exact same day as me, I'm I'm statistically, uh, it looks at that I will die up to 10 years younger than that person and I'm um, more challenged 
by uh, incarceration. I'm more challenged by different uh, social impact uh, because of, of the, uh, my, my life expectancy, right? So um, if we're looking at what Close the Gap is, um, consecutive government uh, failing Aboriginal people. I'll say, and I'll give some backlash for here, but consecutive government are failing Aboriginal cultural and people. Well, mate, they shouldn't be worried about what you're saying. They should be worrying about what you're actually saying, in, and that is how do we change that? Like, that's that's really the big thing here. And, you know, I've, I've paid a lot of tax over my life. I'm an old guy, 53, and, you know, I'm very aware that there's funds go to Indigenous concepts, but I, I'll be honest, I have no idea what happens after that. I, I, and that's really sad that I sit here saying that, you know what I mean? And I really have no idea how we as Australians, as a group of Australians, actually uh, are dealing with this or who's owning where the money goes or or what happens in what area. And I think we can find that it's it's really important. Like your message, although you're talking, you know, about Indigenous communities, it, it's a good message for humans. Do you know what I mean? Like what you're talking about is about humans and, and it's, it's amazing what you do. Like I, I guess a lot of people don't know that you actually won an Indigenous Human Rights Award back in 2018. And I'm reading this, okay, because I, I don't want to miss this, for Suicide Prevention Australia Life Award. Is that the... Yeah, I, I, I won, the, uh, I won the, the Suicide Prevention Australia's Life Award for the work that I was doing around different communities right around the country. So um, you should be talking about this more. This should be loud. You should, be, you should have people support. I, I do not understand why we're not supporting this. I don't get it. I don't. Well, again, like... Um, did weird. you piss this someone off in the early days? Did, did you box with the wrong person at some stage or something? Or, look, it's not just me, Greg. It's, it, and, and this isn't about me singly. Oh, mate, mate, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying about you. I'm saying you're the no. right person with the right message is what I'm saying, if that makes sense. Well, what, I, what, I, what I will say is that this is where, this is where Australians, all people, right, yep. is that can get... Can, can, can and should get their head around conversations where we talk about whether whether people agree or don't agree, but but should get their head around the order of statement from the heart, right? And yeah. this is this is what this is what my perception, right? And I'm not I'm not 100% clued in on in on these things, um, but it, but it's around it's around giving our people a voice for our people. Yep, right? Is it because right now decisions are being made on behalf of Aboriginal people, on behalf of First Nations, that's not by us. Yep. Right, good, and again, like putting it putting it plain and simply, and not trying to make any, anything political at all. Putting it plain and simply, you know what's best for your family. You know what helps your community, yep. right? I know what helps my community. I know what helps my circle. And the challenge is what, right? And and this is where this is where the work that I do comes in is that we're talking about our people having conversations with and for our people, right? There's there's there's, there's a great. I guess the I wouldn't even call it a slogan, but a lot of a lot of our mobs talk about nothing about us without us. Right? Yeah. We, we, we've had decisions made for us for 230 plus years, and it started with assimilation policies and removal of children and and all of this stuff. Right? Yeah. And 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 we're we're an ongoing we're an ongoing representation still of things that happened in, in generations ago with us. Right? It don't just go away. Okay? But this is where all of Australians should get their head around these, these types of conversations. Right? As, I, as I said earlier, um, multiple government um, failing, failing first, first nation people. This is where, this is where, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not, I've been asked a million times to go into politics. Um, my hair's grey as it is. I don't want all of it. <laughs> um, At least you got it. 
<laughs> but uh, I just realised I just realised what I said then. I was trying to pull it back in as I was saying. <laughs> no, mate, throw it out in, there. I'm bald. My apologies. <laughs> um, but it, it, this is where, and again, like people will sit back and judge and say, okay, don't just break the law. Then, if you're whinging about Aboriginal people being highly incarcerated, and and you know, I, I, there was a statistic around. 100% of child incarceration in the Northern Territory was 100% Aboriginal people. Right? So all, the, all, all, every, every child that was locked up, and I don't know if this is, this is current, but every child that was locked up was Aboriginal person at one point, right? And, 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 and kids, kids are being locked up at, at incredible ages, right? Just, they're babies. And when we look at brain development, if kids, kids are, kids are going out and, and getting themselves into trouble and getting themselves into mischief, right? As far as brain development goes, young people are not, right, proven, this is proven, are not at an ability structurally within their brain to make correct and current decisions when dealing when when dealing in tra- um, traumatic situations as well, right? So when we talk about fight or flight and survival modes and things like that, people people are out there just trying to trying to get a feed. Um, I get that. So people will go, well, don't just do the bad, don't do the wrong thing, and you might be locked up, right? But a lot, but a lot of cases, there's, there's a hell of a lot of people who are hell of a lot of Aboriginal people who are incarcerated that are just on demand because they haven't been to trial yet. And like there's kids, kids getting locked up because they're ten years old and they're walking on the streets after ten p.m. and they're getting locked up. But once you get into the system and you have all the traumas coming through and you start to get in trouble it's and i i see it i go to communities and i go back the next two months later and some of the kids are not there and i know exactly what's happening and they're way too young to be getting into that and they like, i've never ever felt unsafe in community never they're the, like and i come from a really hard country like in brazil young kids will will be a lot harder to deal with i've never felt unsafe and when i find out that these kids are being locked up it's terrifying because they're so young like the 10 12 years old it's terrifying to think and we're talking about that the other day in the office like we're talking about the amount of stupid stuff we did when we were young oh yeah that was and it's yeah and it like i did a lot of a lot of mistakes as a child but and a lot of things that if i was an aboriginal kid in australia i would have been locked up and I would have been into the system. So it's completely different. And when we're talking about the money coming through and, and the project are being re- they're being written in Melbourne and then trying to be taken into the NT without any community consultation. And you're taking the power away from the communities again. And that's where a lot of the health issues come as well. When you and you like we know that if you look around and you had a person that went through cancer, for example, all they want is to take the power back of their health to look after their health. Yep. So they get become very frustrated. So you're trying to close a gap with um, between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people in Australia by taking the power back. They they're not given the power, and a lot of and now like when we're talking about getting the money filtered, you have people that actually pay to do community consultation that are not from community, and community consultation became not like what would you like to do? Let's work something out. It's like oh we're going to do this, this, and this. Is that okay? Yeah, fine. And then that's it. And you have people getting paid ridiculous amounts of money every year, and that's money that's not going into community. So the problem is so deep and I'm going to, like, if I start talking about it, it gets so... Um, she's going to cry in a second, yeah, Joe. She's going to cry. She's going to cry. She's going to tear Actually, Joe has, like, I, I did cry with him a little bit with something to do with that, but it's frustrating to see the money not going to the right people. Mm. And and the people that I work with, at least, they're extremely uh, positive. So mm. if you ask something, they're going to say yes. If you ask how they're going, they probably just lost someone to suicide. They just got diagnosed with kidney disease and 
they're like good. There's a there's an interesting health stats, and they they asked people. It was the the health survey, uh, Australian survey, and they asked how they felt their health was. And I think it was something ridiculous, like ninety percent of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people said their health was good. And in my head, I know exactly why that happened. Because if you say, "How are you going? Good. How's everything? Good. How's the family? Good." Because they're extremely positive people, but it, it takes a toll, and and we see it happening again and again. And it's just not just mental health; it affects physical health, um, kidney disease, cancers, heart disease. It's all coming from stress as well. And that lack of power is is so important, and we don't get it because it sounds like it's just you trying to be rebel. But power is something so important for people's health, and we talk about it when we talk about nutrition stuff. It's it's important to have that power over your food and your, over Absolutely. what you're doing. Yeah. So it goes for everything. And I, look, I just want to add in here too, anyone out there that's wondering why Tatiana's talking about this. I, she's our in-house nutritionist. She works with me in product development and regulatory. So her and I spend a lot of time together. I always walk outside and go, where's Tats? <laughs> and they go, oh, she's in community. And I go, sweet. <laughs> And so she spends a lot of time in that space. She has a master's in dietetics nutrition and a master's in public, public health. health. So that's why she is out there because she's she she loves that space. So when you two talk, it just makes such sense. Hi, I'm Tom Green, Olympic champ from Tokyo. And if you want the best tasting protein bars on the market, you should try the new Body Science Moose range. Greg, you better be testing those. Mate, they're getting drug tested. Got you covered. I don't know. Is it as hard as we're making it? That's one at you, Joe. I'm throwing that I one straight at you. So. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I actually don't think it is. Like, again, like I'll, I'll put it back to, I'll put it back to politicians, right? If I go in and say, I know what's best for your family. And if you don't do it my way, then what I'm going to do is remove your children because that shows that you aren't doing the right thing because my way is right. Okay. Forget that you've lived a certain way of life for thousands of years. Forget that yeah. because your way doesn't matter anymore. My way is what's right. How do you reckon that'll go? Yeah. Like, like, it's, like it's, when you put it really, really plain and simply like that, way, like people, people just go, this is banana. It really is. And, and again, like the impact of stress around those sort of things. So every time there's, there's a new consultation that comes into community, no matter where the community is, there, there, there is challenges with stress. And I'll go back to the point where Pat said around how are you feeling? Good. How's your health? Good. How's everything going with school? Good. Because the minute they show vulnerability and say, actually, I'm not quite well, that's just, a massive trigger for when showing vulnerability happens when they got kid, we'll get, when we got our kids taken away. Yeah, misinterpreted by us completely. Totally and it's agree. about having these conversations because you just said I pay my tax and I don't know where it's going. And and that's I'm the not problem. the only person who's got that problem. That's, yeah, you know. and and a lot of racism comes from that as well because you hear it all the time. Oh, this million dollars was spent in community, but it wasn't spent the right way, and it was spent by people that don't know what to do in community. So if we have these conversations and you start asking the right questions. I think that's I think that's where you can help if you if you're wondering how you can help make things happen is starting asking the right questions. So we spend three billion in housing. Really, did you build the house that was asked? Is that appropriate to that community? Um, did you have a community consultation with that community specifically, or you did with one community and you think it's the same for every community? Because at the end of the day, it's everyone's money and we're spending it and we're spending it the wrong way and it's just getting filtered and it's not getting to community. You know, it was um funny when I first started talking with Joe and I. I wanted to see if I could, what we could do better. You know what I mean? That's why we sort of started chatting. And he said to me, oh, are you whiteies? And I went, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Was that like, seriously? I'm actually, no 
one's ever called me that before. And it was, um, it was, it was an interesting space. And, and, and it was from that second, I thought, fuck, I want to talk more to this guy. Like, seriously, I, I dead set want to know what drives him, what does it. And it, and it's been really, it's been amazing talking with you. I want body science to do a lot more with what working with you, mate. We've made that really clear. We want to run some cool things. And there's quite a few other sporting people around me that are going to work with you. And we will finally get some cool shit going. It's been a while. It's taken a while, but COVID didn't help any of that, but it's, um, it's coming and I think it'll be fun when we start that program. Um, Here's the thing as well, Greg, right? Here's the thing as well, is that some people get triggered when we talk about colour and race, right? Yep. But we've been talked to like that less than our whole lives. Mm. Right? So, 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 so think about how it triggers up, okay? But also, what's important to that is that white people listen to white people yep. because we've been banging on about this stuff for 200 years. So it's, it's only it's only when we start to have conversations with us around what the actual challenges are, and then that's when that's when you know people like you go, this makes absolute no sense. Like, yep. what? Why are we doing things this way? Mm-hmm. Right? And. And I, I, everyone's big on the term reconciliation, right? You know, we've, we've got to, uh, you know, w- what we're doing to reconcile and, what, you know, the, the process of reconciliation is so important. And I'm like, I don't even use that term, reconciliation, right? And, and, and people are like, what do you mean? Oh, well, to reconcile, to heal a broken relationship. We've never had a relationship. Yep. Right, and and in 2019 we did a we did an amazing robbery back in Wagga, and the local mayor came up to me and said, "Joe, this is brilliant. This is beautiful. I wouldn't have missed this for the world." I said, "This is a seat at our table because we've been sitting at your table for 200 years getting food scraps. Right now, it's time to sit with us and start to learn about us and why about us and what makes us tick. Because what we need to do is start to build a relationship." Yep. We're to build a relationship and, and how different would things have been if the first people who got off the boat were like, wow, this is 100,000 plus years of rich history and understanding of the land and intricate family systems around multiple attachments and kin families, right? And again, like we live in, going back to the part of, we live in a world where that, that's just way too far for people and our kids are getting raised by everyone else except our parents because we send them off to daycare at an early age and then they're at school until they're 18, right? They don't, they're Actually, there's, I'm reading a book at the moment by Gabor Mate that talks about um, you know, peer relationships and how and how the the relationships with, with with within the family dynamic is actually just getting broken down more and more because because our kids' friends are influencing our kids rather than our parents are influencing our kids. And for since the beginning of time, it's always been multiple family kin attachment rather than kids their own age influencing kids their own age. You know what I mean? So, so I look back at, again, the work that I do around mental health and suicide and trauma and all that. And I'm like, back to the point of zero suicides in our communities for at least 100,000 years. So now the highest in the world up to 230 years. Like, what we did work. What we're doing now is it's really simple. It is. And, and people are like, well, we, you can't go back and live in the bush. No, you can't go back and live in the bush. But what you can do is start to build the village again, right? We all we all know and we all hear about it takes a village to raise a child. We don't have a village anymore, right? We've got we've got one mum, one dad, if we're lucky, you know, with the statistics around parental separations and the challenges with that and, you know, uh, violence in the family home and, and, and all sorts of challenges that we have around raising our kids, um, we don't have a village anymore. In our village, our kids get shipped out the door at a minimum five-year-old and spend majority of the day with people they've never met before. Yep, very cool. In school, you know, and we're going, they got to go to school, they got to go to school, they got to go to school. And I'm, I'm an advocate for school. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for school and education. But if people are dying, particularly my people, if we're dying younger than anyone, more often than anyone, higher than anyone by suicide and being incarcerated more than anyone, but our education rates are at the absolute highest they've ever been, maybe it's not <laughs> education that the issue is. No, no, it has to be the model. 
Yeah. And I think there's so much we can learn from these communities as well and our society to make things better, diet, um, connection to country, how to be more sustainable and look after country and, and mental health and family. There's so much. And for 200 years, it's been all the other way. You're doing this wrong. You need to do this. You need to do this. Maybe it's time. And that's what my PhD is on is just sit back and listen to. No, oh, she's dropped her PhD. And let's go. Oh, yeah. Hey? <laughs> I haven't told you. That'll yet, be me so walking out more time going, where's Teddy? My idea is the same, but it's with food. Is that It's time to listen to what we had thousands of years ago and it was worth. So my whole idea is just to, I'm not even studying, I'm just going to sit back and listen. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the knowledge is out there, but I think there's so much we can take um, from what's out there already that's so positive for everyone, not just for the communities. We can learn from the communities in so many ways as well. You know, as, as, some, as someone who's not in community, that's me, I'm just going to say I'm really interested to see how that actually happens, Tatiana, like who's going to listen and let that happen? Like it's, um, I, I reckon I could stand a thousand people behind me and go, we, we, we're with you. Greg like how do we how, how does this happen mm. yet I still sit here after talking to you guys for an hour and now thinking how does this happen it's yeah you know it's it's, it's when you uh, so I'm, I'm in business everything we do is issues turned into solutions turned into models like how do we how do we do these things and I'm really struggling with the fact that I don't believe you guys are going to get to where you need to quickly or efficiently or without a lot of people standing up. And I can't see how that stand up happens. You know, like, mate, this is going to sound so stupid and, and probably so white. Okay. Excuse me using that term. But when I went to, uh, and, and we looked after both teams and then we're really proud of this, you know, the, the, the NRL All-Stars, the lead in to the kickoff was something that I will have in my heart forever. Do you know what I mean? It was, I have a Kiwi wife. So, you know, that, that part and my kids, I guess they're half Kiwi when you start twisting little knobs <laughs> here <can't>. and there. <laughs> we can't. Yeah. yeah, exactly, mate. Fair call. Like, let's see, once again, I'm saying stupid shit. But from the other side of it, I was really proud to be Australian. Like I was so proud to watch what happened and to watch the players who we get to, you know, I've had a bit of integration with a lot of those players, to watch them be able to bring that to that wider community in a really, it's not a simple format, it's a complicated game, but it was just absolutely spectacular. And and I'm not talking circus spectacular, I'm talking it really made me feel proud to be Australian. And, and I would love to know how we can bottle that up and actually shake the right people to make that happen. I, I I just, mate, I just, I'm really proud to be Australian. I'm really proud about what we can do as a country. And I I really want to see the we put back into the country and what can we do. And if it's a whole lot of directives from a whole lot of groups, I think that's just even more awesome about Australia. You know what I mean? Like it's it's what we really need to be as a country. The oldest civilization on the earth, right? We always talk about, you know, the the amazing pyramids in Egypt and and the the different, you know, the, 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 the beautiful castles of Scotland and, and you know the, the 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 amazing landscapes and 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 the the rich history throughout the world, right? The history, the longest history of humankind started here. Yep. Okay, the oldest civilization on the earth started here, right? With these people, so amazing. I just think like this is like this is me, right? Like this is my logical brain right here. I just think we can learn something off that. Yep, I'm with you. So much. You know how, how did how did how did my people last for thousands of years in the same harsh climate through at least two ice ages? How did they do it? 
and still be here after after an, an attempted genocide three you know two hundred and thirty years ago. The strength and resilience of our community astounds me. There's got to be something we can learn from that. Absolutely, mate. Right, and that's me, you, everyone. Yep. Start the conversations you started. I think that's a good step. It's just asking the right questions, and I don't know. It's all platforms like this as well, right? You know, people. People jump on the Body Science podcast and go, oh, cool, what are we going to learn about protein this week? How am I going to best recover for my body this week? And then all of a sudden we're talking about the conversations that we've just had for the last hour. Yeah. You know, that, that's how we get to people. They're, they're the conversations that we have to do. We have to plant the seeds in people's minds to then have a look at themselves and think, okay, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fifth, sixth, seventh generation Australian. Where did my story start, right? Let's look at let's look at, at, at films like The Drover's Wife that, that is brutal but beautiful in part. Let's watch movies like Rabbit Crew Spence and let's look at let's let's start to let's start to do a deep inventory inventory of ourselves and where we actually started, right? As a country. And that's what truth telling is. That's what truth telling is because all of a sudden people are gonna go, Holy snap, I have all this generational wealth because of my my my, my great 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 grandfather was gifted a piece of land that wasn't his to start with. <laughs> and he passed it on to me and passed it on to me and passed it on to me and passed it on to me. And now I own a beautiful place in Borkloos worth five million. Yep. Yet we've got people in Aboriginal communities that don't get clean drinking water. We still have That's clean the big honest water questions issues. that we need to ask. Us yeah, there's no, and it's like I go to the nutrition programs most of the time. What can I teach the families if they can't cook at home because there's no running water? There's no electricity. That's a basic human right. So That we- is challenging a lot of our communities in, in multiple communities. Not one, not two. Not just Dubbo, because Dubbo hasn't had water for the last two weeks. You know, like this, like everyone's everyone's absolutely losing the pot here in Dubbo because they don't have clean running water for two weeks. For two weeks, and then you got these communities out here that are that are that are, that are having to drink contaminated water on the regular. Like it, it forces us to sit back and go, you know, where where a lot of our communities don't have generational wealth, aren't born into this sort of stuff. So. So it's a complete foreign concept to say that, uh, you know, we got mum and dad's house. Yep. Mum and dad left their house in the will or, or this farm has been in our family for six generations. All right. What did you do to the people that were originally there when you first got them? They're ruthless conversations. They are ruthless conversations. But they're really yeah. confronting conversations that we need to have as a country. Yep. You know why, Greg? And, and this isn't... It, it isn't a blame game. It isn't a blame game. My, my job is to understand people's behaviours. I'm looking at you right now and your head's going, holy shit. Mm, it is. <laughs> I'm a product of this too, right? Yep. But these are the honest conversations. Not, not, not for the blame game. It ain't about that. Yeah, I for me, that. it ain't about the blame game. What it is, is that draws empathy, right? And empathy brings understanding. Understanding then wants to create change because that's all we want to do as a community. That's all we want. We just want a fair go. You know, the, the fact, I, know, I heard this quote, uh, it was something along the lines of the fact that Aboriginal people just want to be treated as fair and equal and not revenge speaks volumes. So we, we get some work to do as a country. We, 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 get some, we get some honest stuff to do to have, to have conversations with ourselves. And the conversation start around our kitchen tables, mate. Yeah. Right. And then we get to influence our circle from that. All right. So, so why it's super important with the work that I do out in the community because it's educating our young kids as to why they're angry. Why, 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 why when they when they get a poke their, by their teacher and that teacher stands over their right hand shoulder or left hand shoulder and they feel they feel threatened for no reason. Yeah. But generationally, this stuff 
is deeply embedded within our bodily systems. They're the conversations that we need to have in this country. Well, that um that needs to happen. It needs to happen sooner than later. And a lot of people are shaking their head with it. I just said that right now. Going, what an idiot lives in a bubble. But <laughs> running out of time. Here's the thing. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fight that. I obviously have lived in a bubble. You mean? I, I, I think it's also happening. There is also change in, in communities because you know what? As nice a man as you are, ten years ago this conversation wouldn't have happened at the depth that we're having it now, today. Yeah, and it, uh, mate, I'm I'm really uncomfortable right now. Just so you know, like you, I'm, I can see you're you're like a shark at the moment. I can see you. You you look an inch taller than when you started. And um, but yeah, you're so I'm right. only four foot three now. Yeah. So I'm only an inch taller and I'm four foot three. Yeah. But mate, I, I love the fact that we can talk about these things, and I, I hope personally that you know something comes from this from others. I, I, if it doesn't, you know that Nathan and I are here to try and make change and, and give you the opportunity to make that change, not us. Like it's, um, yeah. So look, if you want to know more about Joe, he's written a book. It's called Defying the Enemy Within. Where do we get that book, mate? Uh, just on my website, joewilliams.com.au. Nice and easy one. Got punched around the head for a lot of years, so I can't make things like my social media handles and websites too hard to find people to understand because I don't understand them at times. Oh, um, so, so nice and nice and simple one, mate. Joewilliams.com.au. And mate, if people want to catch up with you, how do they how do they get you? Are you, are you big on social media, or are you more? I'm, yeah, you can, I you know you are because I, I love your social media. It's, yeah. If if you're one of those people that, that that work on websites and stuff like that, you know, you can get me through the website, or uh, you can get hold of me on my socials, and and that's on you know uh, on Instagram is at Joe Williams underscore T E W uh, T E W the enemy within so at joe williams underscore tew uh and uh that's on you know instagram facebook facebook's the enemy within trauma recovery uh suicide prevention trauma recovery and well-being education and on twitter as well so uh i'm just out here uh planting seeds and telling stories you know like most people people talk to me and say you know it's great you're, you're out there telling your story but but for me it's about telling bigger stories and getting people to tell their story and getting people to understand our story but also our old stories right we we all come from from stories the, the landscape of who we are every animal every plant every every tree every everything um comes from a story and those stories are have deeply embedded values and those values impact our behavior That's so awesome. so living with it living with the dreaming and living with the dream time stories is how we need to go as all people because all of those values are just around love, care, respect, humility, compassion, sharing, all of those sort of things. You don't have to be black, white, green or purple to, to live with those values. So uh, I, I, I go around the communities and just connect people to, to stories. Mate, you're inspirational. Keep it up. Like We, we need people like you. And um, thanks for coming on. It was really nice to have a chat with you in a, in a more public forum. It was a good way to put it, I suppose. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say now. I'm going <laughs> to shut up. Can you two finish this podcast? You're rattled. You're rattled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you did. Like He's I've, quiet. I've never seen him quiet on a podcast. This is great. This is exactly what we need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so enjoy the podcast. You know We're hanging I, up I now. Don't do these <laughs> Sorry. I don't do these things to make people too uncomfortable or anything like that. It's just about helping people to, to just to start digging a little bit deeper yep. as to, and start to understand why people are the way they are, right? And, and, and why you're thinking what you can do and how you can do it now and, and why Tatiana goes out and has such a thirst for going out and communities uh, and and why a lot of our people at times are super duper angry and challenged by by systems of oppression right it's because we've had a foot out on our throat for 200 years and you know it's about it's about walking in two worlds and understanding the two worlds um and bringing people on on the one page but most importantly starting a relationship with us super thankful to uh to be having these conversations with you guys um you guys have been a big supporter of me 
for a number of years now, and and it's you know I'm I'm, I'm always so thankful. Not not just you know it's 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 awesome to to have relationships over many years um, because I don't have a lot of relationships from my old footy days and sports days uh, because we just live different lifestyles completely. Yeah. So it's um you know it's it's great to have have relationship ongoing because I think, you know, with you guys at, at, at Body Science it's about, about health and well being. Yeah. And and I'm and I'm all about trying to get the best out of people physically, mentally and emotionally. And you guys have been a big supporter of mine for a number of years and I'm I'm just super thankful. Um to be able to have these conversations as well and just uh I hate saying it but share space, you know, like it's I like that. Sitting sit in a place of, of vulnerability, um, and and being able to have the, have truthful, honestful, honest conversations because that's where we need to be. Awesome, mate! It was great having you on, and I'm sure there will be a part two soon. Yay! Yay! <laughs> says Tatiana. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, if you can subscribe to the Body Science Podcast, and that way more cool people want to come on, just like Joe. Thanks, mate.